Marvelites? Welcome to episode number 72 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, information, and stretching. We're doing a lot of stretching here in the podcast studio right now. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Marvel Digital Media Group's Executive Editorial Director, joined by... Ben Morse, the editor of Marvel.com, and we are thrilled to welcome back our prodigal brother. Prodigal? Prodigal. Prodigal, prodigal, whatever. He's back. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Associate producer Blake Garris. Two people wanted me back. I know. And I, we delivered. <laughs> you asked for it. Two people. We, we did it. Hot dog. So, Terrific. Yes, uh, the, the big three are back together. Yep. Strami as... That guy who was in the Beatles originally, but then left before they got big. David Bowie. Yeah. David uh, Bowie. So we're going to get right into things this week. We're going to go through all the new comics releases from print and digital, collections and single issues. We'll go to some uh, new releases coming up for movies and TV and anything like that. And then we'll go directly into news and then your comments and questions. Kicking us off, Age of Ultron, Ben. Age of Ultron. This book is the definition of Fast and Furious coming out weekly, uh, except for one week a month, which is next week. So, following hot on the heels of issue number one, we have issue number two, written by Brian Bendis, art by Brian Hitch with Paul Neary and Paul Mounts. This takes us over to the other side of the country. We saw what things are like in New York after Ultron has decimated the Marvel Universe. Now we can see over in San Francisco where Black Widow and Moon Knight, an unlikely duo, are barely hanging on against the Ultron hordes, against kind of the mob mentality that has taken hold. We can see what has happened to Black Widow, which is not very pretty. We can see how these guys are surviving and what their plans are before flipping back over to New York where we learn from Spider-Man via his monologue, his flashback, how this all came to be, how Ultron did what he did, and we start to see beginnings of a plan to take it back. Uh, very packed issue, but really I want to talk about the art, because the art is just gorgeous in this. The cool thing about this is Brian Hitch had so long to work on it. They really gave him the breathing room so he can do the stuff that you know you saw in Ultimates um, and that you saw in just Brian Hitch's best work, where he just gets to draw these incredible scenes of destruction, these immense cityscapes, uh, these incredible fights. Everything is so detailed, down to the scratches on the buildings, just huge groups of people, and just it really lends to the feel of this horrible post-apocalyptic nightmare. And he does a great job on all the characters. His Spider-Man is fantastic. Uh, we see him drawing Spider-Man here and there, but it really just adds to this creepy dark feel and and that's credit to paul neary and paul mounts as well for really putting a shade over everything but this was a beautiful issue the story is starting to amp up i think we'll get a lot more action as we move into the third issue and into kind of the end of the first act but just a gorgeous issue yeah i think you talking about the art is very uh symbolic of what we're going to talk about this whole week to me this was a super incredible week for art Speaking of, I've got Alpha Number 2, written by Joshua Hale Fialkov, and art by Nuno Plati. Nuno's got this crazy style. It's all his own, but it's terrific, and it just 
is really, really cool, super weird, and he's taking on pencils, inks, and colors all himself, and it's a really terrific total package. There's a creepy, weird monster towards the end of the book. Yeah, it that, came out of nowhere. Uh, it was so it's good, awesome. though. It was so cool, especially the way it's colored and then mm-hmm. the, the feel of it. It was, it was almost brain-breaking, but um, another... I, I can't believe how surprised I am by this book. Not the creative team, because I know uh, Fialkov is great, and Nuno Plotti is putting in amazing work, but Alpha is a character I'm really actually interested in now, and his world and everything that's going on here. I'm delighted by this book. It's It makes me happy that we're ha- we have an Alpha book now. It's a delight. It is. Over to Avengers Arena, number six, written by Dennis Hopeless, with art, amazing art by Kev Walker. Great colors by Frank Martin Jr. Uh, this one, you get more big twists and turns for the group the kids uh we lose one of the kids seemingly so i won't say who i won't say how uh but you get a lot of backstory as well um on more of the braddock academy group just this is a brutal issue i like reading the the letters in the back too because you can see as fans get more of the issue as they get further into it they're like oh this is this is actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. you're not such you're not just a horrible monster for killing these characters and that I love. It's you're actually putting on a really great dramatic story. Right. I like the continued fleshing out of the Braddock Academy oh, kids yeah. because, you know, with the runaways with the Avengers Academy kids, there's so much Janet Hopeless can do. They've been very established, they've had their own stories, but the Brad Academy kids are really his own to play with and he really has a lot of fun building their relationships yep. and their interdynamics here. What was the name of that movie with Sean Astin, School Ties? School Ties. School Ties. I want a book... Brendan Fraser was in that as well, yeah. I believe. I want a book called School Ties, which is just about each of the schools in the Marvel Universe. Written by Brendan Fraser and Sean Astin. Yeah, duh, obviously. Didn't you interview Sean Astin? We did. We, what was that, C2E2 last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. He so was awesome. See if you can get him to get in touch with Brendan Fraser and they'll co-write the book. We should totally. interview Brendan Fraser. 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 It's Fraser. Fraser. Come on, guys. He was in Encino the, Man. Give him yeah. the respect. I love Encino Man. That guy's Man, never got to work again. He's made great career choices. Yeah, Seriously. he doesn't need to work again. No, he he's he made movies that just made tons of money. It's amazing. It's, it's completely Airheads? Oh, I could go on. There's an Encino Woman television series. I will punch you in the neck. Well. What? That yeah. doesn't make sense. Is it on, it's on IMDb. Mm. I'm serious. Is it in America? Is Paulie yeah. Shore in it? Because no. if Paulie Shore isn't in it, no. I don't care. Paulie Shore is the Encino He's woman. in the jit. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, go, go, go. Over in Avengers Assemble, number 13, it's the finale to Encino, man. The two part numbers. <laughs> Over in Avengers Assemble, number 13, it's the conclusion of the two part Widow's Ledger, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Pete Woods, with an assist by Mark Bagley. Yo, Pete Woods is insane in this book. Yeah. Hey. His work, wherever else he was doing it, never looked this good. It's a shame that he has retired from comics after this issue. Yeah. That, you know, them's breaks. Yep. So. That's a joke. Yeah, that is a joke. He's still working. Um, this is a great story by Kelly C. DeConnick. It's Black Widow was called in on a marker of a former, not former, a, a victim of hers. Their family calls her in to help out the, the child of this, this scientist who she killed is experimenting with lizard genes find out that the kid is trying to turn a bunch of people into lizard people her fiance is involved well not fiance i, I just spoiled something ah. her, her boyfriend who in a beautiful scene i'm not even gonna ruin it there's a great proposal scene and then hawkeye and spider woman basically have to get black widow out of this mess 
uh, with the lizard people. It's actually a really good. Hey, don't mark it down. Leave it in. Leave right. it raw. You know, this happens. Um, whatever. You need. I didn't even describe <laughs> it to you. You need to pick it up. This is actually a really fun issue. Kelly Sue DeConnick. Great job balancing funny moments like that with serious stuff for Black Widow, the guilt she feels and stuff like that, and a great ending that could lead to future stories. So I love this little mini run that Kelly Sue and Pete Woods had on Avengers Assemble, and Kelly Sue's sticking around, so we'll see what she does next. Yep. Next up. Avenging Spider-Man, number 18, written by Christopher Yost, with art by Marco Cacchetto, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Again, I don't even. I just want to tear this book up. It's so pretty to look at. Every part of it. It's Spider-Man teaming up with Thor to take down Electro. That's the nuts and bolts of it. It's gorgeous. It's really cool. You've got Superior Spider-Man, who's just a pompous jerk, trying to work with Thor, who he thinks is an idiot. Thor is being a pompous jerk. Mm. They come to some some bit of understanding. There's a lot of funny bits in here. It's terrific. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much more, but it's it's this is a, a this is maybe one of my favorite Superior Spider-Man stories so yeah. far. This is really good, and I'm liking everything that's going on. But this was just top notch. Fantastic Four number five, and it is fantastic this week. I love this issue. Uh, Matt Fraction, Mark Bagley, Mark Farmer, Paul Mounts again. Paul Mounts all over the place. Bang bang. Colorist du jour. All right, so check it out. What the Fantastic Four do here in their journey across space and time, they decide they want to go and ask Julius Caesar some questions about his life. Jules! Uh, Mostly, Franklin and Valeria have some questions about, uh, basically, it's like a history project. If you're going to do a history project with Fantastic Four, you go back in time to whatever, whatever, whatever BC, and you go to the Roman Empire and you talk to Julius Caesar. So, the Thing and Human Torch take Franklin and Valeria to meet Julius Caesar well, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman hang behind on their ship to talk about the secret that Sue learned last issue, which is essentially that Reed is very sick, and part of this whole vacation is him investigating. But Julius Caesar, as we get to know him here, and there's a big spoiler that I can't unveil or it would kind of unwrap the whole issue, Julius Caesar is a great Marvel character. He is just fantastic. He... uh, interacts with the kids he interacts with ben and johnny he's got this you know kind of talking to himself in the third person pompous deal about him but there's also a lot of stuff to him and what i will say is that he knows what's going to happen to him ultimately and the issue is about how he deals with that how the ff helps deal with that and this is a I'm realizing as i talk about this is a really hard issue to discuss <laughs> without completely giving away the story but just take it from me it's clever and brilliant and fun and I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay, I had a question as I was reading it that yes. I wanted to ask you on the podcast. Go for and it. And I won't. It was. I will say this without spoiling anything. Okay. The character at the end of the book mm-hmm. is that an established character? I think that is a new character. Okay. To the best of my knowledge, I will look into it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's new in this arc. Okay. But I'm very interested to see how that goes. Totally. Uh, over in Fearless Defenders number two. We start off with a fun recap page where Valkyrie and Misty Knight kind of say what happened in the first issue. And i got to say, Cullen Bunn, who wrote this issue, The Arts by Will Sliney, Cullen Bunn is getting the voices of Valkyrie and Misty Knight and their banter down pat. Uh, Just their interaction between the two of them, how Misty is this kind of street smart, like, what, why are you giving me a hard time? And Valkyrie is just this 
godlike, I don't know what's going on, aloof character. Their banter is great. Danny Moonstar gets involved in this issue. We start learning more about the overall plot of what's going on. She has an awesome action sequence to kick off the whole thing. Just... so, as, as someone who loved New uh, new Mutants run... Yeah, there's a nice nod to that. There is, but so there's this sequence here. Mm-hmm. I legit got totally worried about yeah. their old neighbor lady. Oh, I didn't even think of that. And I, I actually have to go and ask... Talk uh, to Colin Vaughn. No, I'll, I'll just ask Ellie, uh, the editor, and make sure she can show me that she's okay in a future issue. Okay. Or else we'll have words. We'll see. Then I will talk to Colin. Also love Dr. Annabelle Riggs, who was introduced last issue. She is the kind of wannabe Indiana Jones archaeologist lady who's great. She just jumps into things, and I love her. She ain't no wannabe anything. She's awesome. Well, she wants to. She likes. She wants to be Indiana Jones. She's inspired by Indiana Jones. And I think she's doing a good job of it. Get a creepy villain. And we have the trio of Valkyrie, Annabelle, and Misty going to Asgardia to talk to the All-Mother, and action unfolds there. Hela shows up, Hela gets real, and then a new character comes in at the end. And we find out here that there's a lot of kind of unpacking mythology where Colin explains why these women called the Doom Maidens have returned, what it has to do with Valkyrie's screw-ups. I like how Misty needles her about it. This is a really, really strong issue. I actually think I, I like this one even better than the first issue. This one really hooked me. And the addition of Danny Moonstar and some of the other characters coming at the end really have me uh, looking forward to the next issue of Fearless Defenders. And also, did you note the amazing cover by Mark Brooks? All of Mark Brooks' covers Mark, for Fearless Defenders are incredible. I, I think Mark is doing the work of his career yeah. on those covers. He's it's the, really kind of insane. Really amazing stuff. He's, he's killing it. Incredibly inventive. This one is designed like an action figure. I don't know how he got the Danny Moonstar action figure to look like an actual action it's, figure. He's that damn amazing. good. And some of the other covers he has coming up are oh, really cool as well. Yeah. And now, by popular <gasps> demand, no. it is time for the long-awaited return of Blake Garris' All Ages Corner. Blake? Hello, children. <laughs> oh, uh, it is ever. If your parents tell you that you can't have nachos for, for <laughs> breakfast... They're they're wrong. <laughs> All right, so Mar- man, we gotta get my stretches out. I've been doing this in a while. Yoga? Yeah. Why okay. haven't you been stretching the entire time we've been talking? Yeah, okay. we've been stretching like fifteen minutes. All right, you're right. So Marvel Universe Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes number twelve. Speaking of Cullen Bunn, he is one of the writers in this book. That's true. Um, Christos Gage, Cullen Bunn, and art by Chris Jones and Koi Fam. Two stories once again. First story is basically a what if scenario where Captain America gets the Hulk's powers. That's all you need to know. It's not a what if scenario. It happens. What? It happens. It's not a what if. Yeah. That, well, it, what if it happened? It does, does happen. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> so, it, whatever Ben said. It's kind of funny. You see how um, what Cap would do. He he. It's you got to check it out. That's all I'm going to say about that. And it's very touching for Bruce Banner to get his powers back as the Hulk. Anyways, the second story is um, Nick Fury fighting some bugs. Right? He fights the Locust. Yeah. and um, Sell it, Blake. Uh, and then, yeah, it's a good one. You should be <laughs> get it. I haven't done this in a while. All right. Now you can cool. Tell. 
All right, I want to take the reins again. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Also, min- the uh, Mini Hulk's had Zuwatu the Watcher in it. That's There you go, man. That's the money shot. Yeah. Tall. Yeah. Can, can mean plenty of things. All right. Over to Secret Avengers number two, written by Nick Spencer, art by Luke Ross, and colors by Matt Wilson. Love this book. Love this team. Love this concept. Uh, you've got Maria Hill, Nick Fury, Phil Coulson. Hawkeye, Black Widow, and the expanding cast of characters. One of the things I really, really love about this book, putting AIM in a place of power and, and real scariness. Like, it, it's, it's a cool continued elevation of AIM here and brings back a ton of characters that I was not expecting to show up. There's this uh, island nation of villains, which, is that a, a... Yeah, that was established in Secret Avengers during... Uh... Rick Remender's Rick Remender's run. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but it's great. It's taking pieces from before, and there's a, there's a couple other nods in here to the previous run. Uh, and it's just amping up a whole bunch of different things. It's really cool. by Jude the Entropic Man. I don't know that character. The only time I've ever seen him was in Paradise X, that huge maxi series. I didn't even know he was a real thing. That's he amazing. Is. But... Yeah, but Graviton, yep. who anyone who watched the first uh, yep. couple episodes of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes a couple years ago yep. knows how awesome Graviton can be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I'm not going to spoil the in, the return of a specific character, but she is terrific. Cool. But yeah, everything about this, really, really digging on it. So, get it. Over to Thor, God of Thunder, number six. This one, guys, this is the origin issue for S- Gore the God Butcher. Such a good issue. You've been asking for it. Delivers Jason Aaron pencils by Butch. First guys. we gave you Blake. Yeah. Now we give you this. Boom. It's a one-two. Clap clap. Uh, we get all that. It's I uh, look. It's an origin issue for this dude who's been killing gods for thousands of years. That's really the the nuts and bolts of it. Um, it's heartbreaking and disgusting and wonderful. It's hard not to sympathize a little seriously with Gore by the end of this issue. Like the stuff he's been through. It's it's a you know, it's a hot button issue. Uh, it deals with some pretty heavy yeah. stuff, and it was beautifully done. And Butch Geist stepping in for mm-hmm. Assad Rabik was the perfect choice. Uh, he really, you know, it changes the tone of the series. The kind of postscript yeah. where we see what he is up to with some of the gods he's got now. It, yeah, I I can't say enough good things about that issue. It was really powerful and really. I read it days ago, and it's still kind of... Yeah, it, uh, the thing I thought about it, because I read that and Wolverine and the X-Men back-to-back, and you'll get to Wolverine and the mm-hmm. X-Men in a minute, but Jason, who wrote both those issues, totally gets you to sympathize with this character who you would otherwise not sympathize with. Yes. That's fascinating. Absolutely. absolutely. Thunderbolts number six by Daniel Wayne and Steve Dillon, wrapping up the first Marvel Now arc of Thunderbolts, and it's just violence and anger and pathos galore. We've got... Red Hulk waking up from the gamma-induced slumber he took a couple issues ago, seeing the leader, getting really pissed off, explaining to the leader what his deal is. We've got this, my favorite part is this weird love triangle between the Punisher, Elektra, and Deadpool, where Deadpool has a crush on Elektra, but she just did something with the Punisher. Neither of them really... Did something with the Punisher. It's a PG podcast. <laughs> they, uh, neither of them really seem to care. They're just kind of like, hey, you're there, you're there, let's do this, but... It's it's an odd love triangle in that I think two thirds of it don't care about either of the other two thirds, and then Deadpool the third third K 
cares enough for all three of them. So that's math. And this brings the whole caper to an end. This crazy Mercy character does all sorts of weird stuff. Venom makes huge mistakes. Uh, Madman comes back into the picture and then leaves the picture in a horrible way. And the issue ends with everyone on a submarine. As you do. So that is my summation of Thunderbolts. It's it's a it's a it's a darkly fun little comic and really kind of sick as you would expect from me anyway. Over in the Ultimate Universe, we're gonna take a little detour over there. Mm. First for Ultimate Comics Wolverine number one, written by Cullen Bunn, art by David Messina, with inks by Gary Erskine, and colors by Javier Tartaglia. This is a two-tiered story where we're seeing a flashback tale of the original Ultimate Wolverine, and then from there we start following his son, Jimmy Hudson, who of course is part of Ultimate Comics X-Men, which Ryan's going to talk about in a sec, and we see for the first time Jimmy Hudson going out and trying to learn a little bit more about his father, explore his legacy, and potentially pick up a mission that he didn't quite get a chance to finish. Over to Ultimate Comics X-Men number 24, written by Brian Wood. Crazy good art by Mahmoud Asrar, Juan Vlasco, and Jordi Belair. And Mahmoud Asrar, so excited to have him back at Marvel. He was doing probably some some work outside comics. Cause, video game design. Yeah, you know, whatever one does. But he's so good. And I was uh, I was very excited to see his art. Kills it on this issue. There's a lot of political maneuvering mm-hmm. in this issue. A lot of uh, behind-the-scenes dealings going on in this issue. And it's a really good tension builder because it, it sort of starts with this crazy moment. And then you get into how they're getting there. Return of Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Uh, some A whole bunch of different things. Lots the Return of Ultimate Jean Grey before we get... You know, just flooded with letters. Hey, y'all, it's Ultimate Comics X-Men. That's what I'm talking about. Ultimate Comics X-Men. Yeah, really I I like the way Mahmoud Asrar draws uh, Kitty Pryde. Yeah. I like the way he draws everything. I like the way he draws everything, but... Everything, Ben. He 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 brings something to that character that really does. Everything. Uncanny X-Men number three by Brian Michael Bendis, Chris Pachalo, Tim Townsend. I loved this issue. When we last left the X-Men, they were in Australia trying to visit... The families of one of their new recruits kind of reassure them, hey, everything's okay. And holy crap, at the end of the issue, the Avengers showed up. Not just any Avengers. We got Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Spider-Woman, and Captain Marvel. And they are looking to take Cyclops and his team out. Uh, I love that the title of this story is just called Avengers vs. Uncanny X-Men Go. And then we just get a bunch of pages of there's action, intermittent action, with the X-Men kind of attacking the Avengers pairing and stuff like that. But really the thrust of this issue is Cyclops and Captain America with other guys like Hawkeye and Iron Man and Emma Frost throwing in their two cents. But it's just a debate. It's kind of almost a nice little epilogue or postscript to Avengers versus X-Men where Captain America and his team of Avengers give kind of the prevailing opinion of Cyclops, you killed Professor Xavier, we're, we're bringing you in. And Cyclops and Emma go, hold up a sec. Uh, Iron Man, it was your fault we got infected with the Phoenix Force. And it was your fault this happened. Captain America, you did this. It's, again, like we were just talking about with Gore, uh, Brian Bendis does a great job here showing why Cyclops is not the end-all villain of this piece. Um, Captain Marvel kind of tries to sympathize. Cyclops tries to get her to flip sides. This is just a really powerful emotional issue where I was like caught up 
just in the drama of the exchanges. Uh, the punches thrown are icing, but you can tell these guys are getting heated, and it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of times comic book characters will just drop long speeches on each other, but both between the art of Chris Pachalo, but especially the words here with Brian Bettis, you can see Captain America just getting frustrated and Cyclops getting equally annoyed and them needling each other. They clearly have to see how to get to each other. Iron Man looks like a fool a lot. Hawkeye uh, makes the matter worse. And ah, I just love this issue. I just, I just thought it was so smart as well as really fun and action-packed and really went a long way to make me think Cyclops is just cool as hell just a great issue and then that's only like the first half of the issue the back half is the X-Men coming back and dealing with Magneto and uh, Magneto admitting to some things he's done over the first couple issues another big confrontation over that so just a really well constructed issue a good looking issue and I loved everything about it yep over to Wolverine number one the first part of Hunting Season brand new ongoing series by Paul Cornell and Alan Davis and crew uh, it's weird stuff as you would get from Paul Cornell and Alan Davis. Yeah, it's what you'd expect from these guys doing Wolverine. Yeah, and I, mean, I love it. It's, you know, you've got this... Uh, one thing I noticed about the preview pages for this was this weapon that shows up, and yeah. it's it's a super cool Alan Davis weapon. It's weird, <laughs> and it has shapes that you don't expect to happen in a weapon, and it's nasty. Uh, and then the effect it has is just brutal. So this is a this is a super intense issue. A lot of people dying, and uh, a lot of times Wolverine getting blasted and getting hurt and getting messed up. Super creepy kid. A lot of stuff. There's a big mystery to this book, yeah. and uh, I know Ben has read uh, ahead a lot. Yeah. I have not. I'm super excited to see where it goes. Sticking with the Wolverine theme, we've got Wolverine and the X Men at number 26, written by Jason Aaron. Gorgeous art by Ramon Perez and colors I don't by understand. Laura Martin. Um, Who is he? He's like some angel robot come from the future. <laughs> this issue is split. It's, for the most part, flashbacks telling the story of Dog, Wolverine's brother. And if you've never read Origin, this recaps kind of the pertinent parts of that, but then goes outside the pages of Origin. If you're a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, you may want to read Origin. Origin. Might be listed under Wolverine Origin. I'm not sure. Check both. Origin. Yeah. So, this fills in the blanks of Origin, which is... Story I love, so you know, anytime you have a story like that where a writer's gonna step up and say, All right, I'm gonna tell in between the raindrops of that story, that's a big challenge. And Jason Aaron, it's a term. Jason Aaron, dancing between raindrops, Blake. (laughs) What? Jason Aaron lives up to it, does a great job, like you said, really makes you see things from Dog's perspective. Um, We see him all the way from when he was a little kid getting, you know, the tar kicked out of him by his dad. His relationship with James, his brother, who would eventually become Wolverine. Uh, him pursuing James, growing up, how he got to the present. There's present-day sequences where he's kind of telling Wolverine all this as he's beating the crap out of him in the Savage Land with all these awesome futuristic weapons. But, like you were saying, the art, the flashback sequences are... I don't even know how to describe this. It's like this weird, painted, washed style that is just all done in very muted colors. Uh, it's all... Just it looks almost like watercolors at some points. It's gorgeous. It punches you in the face it with its gorgeousness. Some of the best art you're going to see anywhere. So you've got this emotional story, uh, this great character, this incredible art, and an end twist 
which I really enjoyed as well. So this was a phenomenal issue. Over to X-Men Legacy number 7, written by Cy Spurrier. Amazing. I just can't handle Tang Eng Huat's uh, art on this. I can't handle his name. Either. I know. It's, it's, it's too much for me to handle. Too cold to hold. Call Tang on Huat, and you're in control. Uh, yeah. I mashed up a Ghostbusters song yeah. with X-Men Legacy. Anyway, uh, great stuff. Le- uh, Legion goes and takes down a group of super religious, fanatic, anti-mutant, crazy people. And hilarity ensues. There's also some super sweet stuff between mm-hmm. Legion and Blindfold. And this book, month is it, it's not monthly, is it? It's a little bit more frequent, right? Well, there's seven issues now. Yeah. I don't think it's been seven months no. since it launched. So, so. Every issue, this book seems to get better, and I love it even more. And it's one of those books that you have to read. Hopefully you guys took our advice on X Club, mm-hmm. and I really want you to take our advice. Cy Spurrier is just nailing it with the X groups. It's, it's super fun stuff. Over to Extreme X-Men number 12, written by Greg Pak, and art by Andre Arajo. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I've never yeah. seen Andre's art before. This you, was my first exposure. And you can see more of it coming up in Fantastic Four number 5AU. Ooh. Yeah. Well, blew me away, I'll tell you that much. Super cool. Really fine lines, tons of detail, mm-hmm. great style. The faces have a certain... I don't know. Um, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, a little je ne sais quoi. What does that mean, Blake? You're French. Uh, damn, I can't even think of anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that note, be back, buddy. It, it's yeah. cool. Uh, the the Extreme X Men crew take the fight to the evil Xavier's. Everything goes pear shaped, and we're gonna get to extermination real soon, and it's gonna be crazy. Some of the week, Ryan. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Just drop it's, that on. It's you. really too hard. This was a great week. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot. Wolverine and the X Men, Avengers Arena, Age of Ultron, Alpha Avengers. I can't. Plus, if he says good, don't forget Fantastic Four, Fearless Defenders. Thor was very good. I'm gonna give my nod to Uncanny X Men. I like that a lot, and I think people need to read that to really appreciate the punch. And it felt big to me. I think I'm going with Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, that was that was that was neck and neck right there. Yeah, it's tough. Blake. Blake. I was going to go with both of those, <laughs> and I'm being serious. Terrific. It's easy to take you serious with a, with a face like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great week of comics, guys. Be sure to head to your print shop or use the Marvel Comics app to check all of those out. Yep. Also, on the app this week, we've got Avengers from 1998, issues 35 through 44. Avengers Annual, number one, from 2001. The Generation Hope issues one through nine, which is nice. awesome. That's great. Yep. Uh, maximum Security one through three, and what? Maximum Security Dangerous Planet. Maximum Security was in that the when house. Ronan, when the the Kree like held? What was that? That was when. Uh, yeah. No, it was an X Men event. No, oh, it, it was it was a Marvel Universe event. Kurt Busiek wrote it, and it was the Kree basically tricked everyone. This Galactic Council, including the Shi'ar and all these other people, that Earth was too dangerous and uh the best way to deal with earth was to dump all of the intergalactic prisoners on earth and basically make it a, a prison planet um and they also dropped ego the living planet like they he was in our atmosphere he was like a prisoner he became like a moon or something and it was awful and the avengers had to stop him and quasar ended up saving the day 
Wow. And you can experience that right now on the Marvel Comics app. It's actually really fun. It's uh, written by Kurt Pizik. If I'm not mistaken, it's drawn by Jerry Ordway. Cool. So really good art. Nice. And digital collections on sales this week include Invincible Iron Man, Volume 9, Demon. Demon. Magneto, Not a Hero. Terrific. Next Wave, Volume 2, I Kick Your Face, one of my all-time favorites. Spider-Man, Anti-Venom, Spider-Man, Ends of the Earth, and Uncanny X-Force, Volume 5, Otherworld. Collections on sale in print this week are Essential Captain Marvel, Volume 2, in trade. Guardians of the Galaxy, Tomorrow's Avengers, trade. Hawkeye, Volume 1, in trade paperback. Surely a lot of people have been waiting for that. And, no interns to blame for this, but there is some sort of X-Factor trade. Not specified. It's a recent one. It's a recent one. So, enjoy that. Yes. That, of course, is not the only way you can get comics this week. I did that kind of out of order. A little catchphrase usually comes off the app. (laughs) But, you, as we were talking about earlier, if you're using the new Marvel Unlimited service, here is what's new on Marvel Unlimited this week. And that would be... Amazing Spider-Man current series, issues number 679.1, as well as 685 through 687, which are parts of Ends of the Earth. Avengers Academy, number 26. Fantastic Four, number 603 and 604. John Carter, A Princess of Mars, number 5. Which is awesome. If you didn't read it uh, when it was out in print, if you're an unlimited subscriber, definitely read the John Carter books. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man, number 7. Marvel Adventures Superheroes, number 23. Venom, number 14. Wolverine the X-Men number 5 and we also added a whole bunch of Iron Man stuff from the era of Bob Layton and David Michelini. Yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men 5 through 8. 5 through 8, what did I say? 5. Yeah, I was Uh, already thinking about that. So think about it this way, your subscription to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited is 60 bucks a year. It's just Marvel Unlimited. Sorry. Truncate. Your subscription to Marvel Unlimited is 60 bucks a year or $10 a month. You're getting... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen plus comics in the app. There's like this thir- week. There's like thirty or forty Iron Man comics. So you're I getting about list them all here because there's too many. The list. value proposition grows. <laughs> I first stuff I read on the app, on the Marvel Unlimited app, House of M. Next up, I'm doing my full complete reread of Grant Morrison's New X Men. Interesting. Which is awesome because I was about to read them in trade. Yeah. Now I can just read them on the app. Get that. Boom, Blake. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben, give us some news. All right, of course, the big news this week was Marvel hit South by Southwest down in Austin, Texas. Ryan, you can help me out with some of these because I know you are near and dear to a lot of these, but we made some huge announcements in the digital space and what we've got coming up technology-wise. First and foremost, we talked about how Infinite Comics, which you guys loved during ABX, are becoming a weekly thing. We've already announced we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite Comic by Brian Bendis, Mike Oming, Mike Del Mundo, and a bunch of other great artists. And as we announced... First issue Sunday, of, of the Guardians one is free yep, as well free. on the Marvel app. It's free. It's out. And uh, we are also going to be coming up, have a Wolverine, set, a Wolverine Infinite Comic set in Japan written by none other than Jason Aaron, I think he's returned to Wolverine, along with Winter Soldier writer Jason Latour. The art's going to be by Paco Diaz. Looks fantastic. If you guys don't know what Infinite Comics are, they are comics designed specifically for digital devices. They're so cool. They use animation. They use, you know, sliding across the screen. And we're going to have a new one every Tuesday. Every Tuesday there will be a new Infinite Comic. These are just the first. We have more to announce. They're going to be awesome. That starts in July, right? Yes, it starts this summer. Uh, we've also got Project Gamma, which 
crazy and huge. It is we are bringing the world of adaptive audio to uh, Marvel Comics, where basically each comic's going to have its own soundtrack, but not just the soundtrack that plays in the background. It actually adapts to the speed at which you read. It's hard to almost. It's almost hard to describe it. Yeah. You need to see it and experience it. So if you're on the first page of a book, you know the the sound may start. You only get a couple of different tracks. You f- you go forward to a different scene, and the sounds start to change based mm-hmm. on the scene. But there's no like stop and start. It's all flowing, and it, it it goes. You know, if you decide to go back, it goes with you. If you go forward really fast, it goes with you. It's it's actually fantastic. It, it, I I was very uh, skeptical about it at first, uh, and I know we've been working really hard on it, but. Uh, when I first saw it in action, I was like, "Oh, this is this is really cool." Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see Project Gamma in action some more. We spoke a lot about Marvel Unlimited last week. That is up and running now, and we are adding stuff to that. We are working out the kinks of that as we go. I know there there are fixes coming to the app. I know yeah. you guys have wanted the app for a long time, and we released a version, and it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect because we're always going to want to do more. But uh, there are fixes coming if you are having troubles with it. Uh, believe me, I know. And finally, in addition to the original video we've already got, this is probably what we're most excited about in our little department. Um, in addition to What The, in addition to The Watcher, we are adding a whole new slate of original video projects. Ryan, I know you're working a lot on those, so why don't you the, talk all about it? The one we, we showed publicly uh, so far was Marvel's Earth's Mightiest Show. Starring Blair Butler, which is super cool. I was mm-hmm. very excited to finally get that off the ground. Um, it's it's a Marvel lifestyle show in the sense of very much what we do here on this week in Marvel. You know, we bring in people who are excited about Marvel in one way, shape, or form, but are doing stuff that's outside. There's crossover. There's mutual interest. You know, we bring in uh, celebrities and we bring in musicians and sports stars and all that stuff who like Marvel comics. Our Smitty show will take that. Uh, that spirit and take you know oh we're excited as Marvel fans about video games and toys and movies and stuff that isn't necessarily Marvel uh, so on the show you'll get a whole host of cool stuff the the pilot which we may or may not show uh, just it's really a proof of concept for us internally has Brian Singer on it we talk about a um, a video game console called like the Razor Edge which is super cool uh, that we talk about Jonathan Colton, who we've had at Marvel before, uh, and his stuff with Glee. We talk about uh, fan reaction to J.J. Abrams on Star Wars and Star Trek. All kinds of cool stuff, and that's that's the tenor and the tone of the show. It's going to be, what do we as Marvel fans and Marvel people want to see and get excited about? That's what the show will be. So I'm super excited for that. In addition to that, we have some reality TV stuff uh, popping, which... Sounds weird, but the concepts, I think, will be really cool once we get them to you guys. And uh, documentaries, which that, to me, is, I think, that's something that we've been discussing internally for years. We've had concepts for these for so long, and to be able to put them into motion now is super exciting. We have we have actually, like, award-winning filmmakers working on these things. So when we have more information, we'll get you guys all that. Like, you were nominated for an Emmy. I <laughs> mean... You were, didn't you just have something you were nominated for? Or I was just in a film festival. Oh, no big Nothing deal. about Marvel. Yeah. That's, it, it's, you know, be, it, be proud of what you did. Good for you. Who no. knows what you're going to pitch for these projects? Touche. Uh, what? What are you going to say? <laughs> what? You, you don't have your podcast in here. 
Yeah, I'm talking about that later in the show. Uh, also, uh, I will address. I was going to address this a little bit later, but I wanted to mention the Marvel number one promotion that we announced at South by Southwest. The it was so successful and so popular and so huge that our technology partners just was overwhelmed by it. So it's been paused for now. More information when I can provide it. That's really all I can say about it right now, guys. I'm sorry. We have all of that stuff up on marvel.com. We have got stories. We have got videos. We have got a ton of information about all our announcements from South by Southwest. You saw us tweeting about it over the weekend. We're really excited about all this stuff, so please do learn more. In addition to that, we, we did do some other stuff last week. You know, we had we did? a little a few things going on. Uh, the biggest one was that we got to speak to Jason Aaron. Uh, Tim O'Shea got to speak to Jason Aaron about this second arc of Thor, God of Thunder, which is called God Bomb. Talked about gore, talked about the three Thors working in concert, and just some of the other cool stuff coming up in that title. Uh, Jason's a great interview. Tim's a great interviewer. Put the two together. Magic. So that's what we got in the world of comics this week with a lot more stuff coming up this week. Very cool. Blake, what do you got? Um, Threadless has a new Fantastic Four t-shirt contest. Uh, Go to marvel.com. Before you make your t-shirt design, you better look at the stipulations because they're a lot. <laughs> and it's good because you got to have a challenge. So yeah. go there. It's really cool. Check it out. And also, Ryan and I got some Think Geek Marvel socks. And they are freaking awesome. Yeah. I haven't worn them yet. They look really cool. You don't wear socks. What is the? What are these? Oh, there they are. These are lame socks. Yeah. The Think Geek socks are awesome. I it's agree. three kinds, right? Three kinds: Spider Man, Iron Man, and Captain America. Cap- no, not no, Captain America. not Captain America. Not at all. <laughs> That'd be cool though. Wolverine is the third. Right. So, wear them, and then you'll have cool socks instead of lame socks. Yep. So yeah, what he said. All right, uh, over to my stuff. Avengers, Marvel Avengers Alliance, the PvP tournament ended. Uh, no one in this room got mm-hmm. X23. Freaking heartbreaker. My rating at the end was 1584, which is, that that should be enough to be in the top 5%, but nope, didn't do it. Crazy. I was 0.6%. It was so close. I was in Vibranium almost the entire time. Then I dared to take a day to not be playing Avengers Alliance, come back, I'm in gold. And then yesterday, I clawed my way back up to Diamond. Then over the course of my train ride, got kicked back to gold, and that's and then my train was delayed, so that's where I ended up. Ugh. It, was, it was like, it was just devastating. Silver huh? League! <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Blake. Way to go, Blake. Uh, so right now, there's a spec op going on yes. with Hank Pym that as the reward. Well. I'm, I'm enjoying that. I haven't played since the, I was focusing on PvP, but I'll get back into it now. Uh, exciting stuff. What else we got? You know what I like in Avengers Alliance is, uh, I'm assuming we can credit Alex Irvine for this, is Hank Pym is a jerk. Oh, he's such a jerk. His dialogue in Avengers Alliance. It's terrific. He's such a jerk. And uh, I asked Ryan the other day if a character who is talked about in Avengers Alliance apparently does not exist yet in Avengers Alliance continuity um, and is being introduced via this spec op in some respects. That's kind of cool that Avengers Alliance continuity obviously diverts from Marvel continuity, you know, the way Avengers X-Men was handled, the way a lot of other things are handled, but it, it, it's really neat seeing the way the story is kind of taking a mind of its own. I love the Marvel gaming universe. It's yeah. so cool, and it's got some fun stuff, and it's going to expand yeah. as we, we keep going along. Uh, we also revealed the Wolverine movie toy. 
from Diamond Select Toys. It's a very cool Marvel Select Wolverine action figure with a shirtless, you know, Wolverine. That's all you could want. Good Hugh Jackman likeness. It is awesome. Does, we actually is the shirtless likeness, shirtless likeness. Yeah, yeah. Jingle that. Giant made the face, so it looks like it's um, spot on. But Ryan has met Hugh Jackman's on of like the pecs and the abs. Yeah, and no, it's it's up. all legit. You can line it up one to one. Ryan has like a magnifying glass looking yeah. at the, yep, the yep, toy, being like, "Okay, right yep, that's where his area is." That's the right top hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, yeah. uh, we we actually teased the figure on Instagram. That's right. We're now on Instagram. So it's, it's the what? The username for for the Marvel Instagram is Marvel. I'm gonna come up with a snack called Instagrams. Which what? is like it's it's it, they're just great cookies, you know, like graham cracker cookies, but they're ready right away. I'll be your hype man for that. We'll, we'll negotiate. Great. Uh, so we're gonna do a lot of more stuff with that Instagram. Uh, speaking of cool stuff, we're gonna be doing. There's a Toys R Us Iron Man three display going up in Times Square in New York City. You're the king of the segment. Blake and I will be there tomorrow or Thursday. Well, by the time the podcast is up. We'll be there. We'll be taking photos. I'll put one on our Instagram. Yep. It'll be great. So all that is terrific. Thank you, Tyler Perry. I don't get it. (laughs) I'll put one on your Instagram. You sound like Uh, you're dressing up as an old lady. Also, I got super excited by the news last week that Joe Casada is doing the last few pages of Age of Ultron. That's how big Age of Ultron is. I... Don't know the ending. I know. None of us do. That is the most awesome thing yet because I don't. We everything gets spoiled for us. Yep. Knowing that we won't know this for I don't. Who knows how it's long? Only a, the event has for a series a major event to have started and it's only ten issues long and it's going to be coming out as fast as it is and we don't know the ending yet is really. Excited. And we, we say that the creative team knows the ending. Yes, no, but we, it's not uh, us, the yeah, royal yeah. us. Right, right. It's the, us in this room. Well, Blake, yeah. do you know the ending? Yes. Oh, all no, right. you don't. Well, Ryan and I don't know it. Yes, I do. <laughs> Did you write the ending? No comment. <laughs> all right, so... You see uh, Brian Michael Ben just being like, man, I just don't know how to end this. Who do I turn... Oh, Blake! Blake. He'll have some <laughs> hey, ideas. Guys. But speaking of Age of Ultron, before we go back out to Mark, I do want to mention that we had our first Age of Ultron podcast last week with Tom Brevoort and Jake Thomas. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they gave us a lot of great insight, and we're, it should be it, it's posted live now. And we'll be doing another one shortly after this episode airs. So get your questions in using the hashtag This Week in Marvel AU. This week's rotating guest uh, will be Lauren Sankovich, the associate editor on the book also a full editor now here at Marvel. So her and Tom will be answering all your questions on Age of Ultron issue number two. Terrific. All right, Stromy, you got to top all that news. Go. Hello there this week in Marvelites. Good morning slash afternoon slash evening slash insert time of day at which you are listening to this. This is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you from bright, gorgeous, sunny Los Angeles with the latest in Marvel movie, TV, and games news. Kicking stuff off with some more... Iron Man 3 updates. We ran 
last week and this week two new interview pieces with producer Kevin Feige and director and co-writer Shane Black, the first of which talked about the action sequences from the films, and I think it's a really cool piece because you get an idea of just how Shane Black, who of course is very well known for writing some very memorable uh, action sequences and action films from the past several decades. You get an idea of how he goes about crafting some of those things. And it's very it's very interesting to me to see how someone who is as skilled at what he does as Jane Black obviously is goes about doing what he does. And then we had a second Iron Man 3 piece with Kevin and Shane talking about the Mandarin and some of the Mandarin's origins and just what drives the villain in the film and what he hopes to accomplish. So that's very cool because it gives you more insight into the big bad of the movie who thus far has been sort of shrouded in secrecy. We've only gotten maybe a little hint of them in the trailers and we've seen a few posters uh, of him. Um, So we have that plus moving over into the realm of TV some Iron Man Technovore Iron Man Rise of the Technovore news namely a new trailer for the direct to video anime movie this of course is done in the style of the Iron Man anime series which came out on G4 last year, I believe. But we have a new direct-to-video, direct-to-Blu-ray and DVD uh, movie coming out April 16th. It guest stars, or co-stars, I should say, Nick Fury, Black Widow, Hawkeye, The Punisher, War Machine, Ezekiel Stain, who was created by Matt Fraction and was one of the big villains of Fraction's Invincible Iron Man run is the big bad of this movie. So you can check that out. Well, the trailer, that is, on Marvel.com right now. But you'll have to wait another about four weeks, four or five weeks, until it hits Blu-ray and DVD on April 16th. Then, moving on to some other TV news, we announced the premiere dates for Marvel's Avengers Assemble and Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash, both of which are coming to the Marvel Universe programming block on Disney XD. Marvel's Avengers Assemble will get a special hour-long preview on May 26th, which is Memorial Day weekend, I believe. That's that Sunday at 11 a.m. inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD, of course. And then the series premiere proper for Marvel's Avengers Assemble will happen on July 7th, followed about a month later by the series premiere of Hulk and the Agents of Smash on August 11th. And, of course, again, all these will air inside the Marvel Universe programming block, which airs on Disney XD every Sunday morning beginning at 11 a.m., 
Eastern Time, and these shows will join Ultimate Spider-Man, which is already airing inside that block, which we are actually currently on a brief hiatus on, but more episodes will be coming to you very, very shortly. We just took a little bit of a break in between episode 6 and episode 7, and they will be coming back at you very, very soon. We'll probably have more news on that for you next week, actually. So... Speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man, you can also watch a full episode on Marvel.com right now. We have, I believe, episode 24, which is The Attack of the Beetle. Phil Coulson, Principal Coulson, asks Aunt May out on a date, much to Spider-Man's horror. And in the end, Spidey and Coulson have to team up against the Beetle, who, if you've seen the series, is very... One spies actually more difficult foes in this series simply because he's so unstoppable. I actually really uh, like him in this series. So, wrapping up the Marvel TV news, we've got some new episodes of Marvel Mashup, which will be coming to Marvel.com this week. I think we'll be debuting an episode of... Uh, the Thor Marvel mashup, and probably an episode of the Spider-Man Marvel mashup as well. So you can keep your eyes out for those. The Thor episodes in particular are some of my favorite that we've done so far. And finally, wrapping everything up, jumping over into the realm of video games, we released a new trailer for the upcoming Marvel Heroes MMO, showing off all of Iron Man's armors in the game. You can play as Iron Man, of course, and you can play in Iron Man in several different armors, both from the comics and from the movies. So they've made two new Founders Packs available. One is the Hall of Armor, or no, I'm sorry, the Armory, and the other is the Movie Star Pack. The Movie Star Pack obviously has a bunch of different armors from the movies, including the Mark II, the Mark IV, the, yes, the Mark II, the Mark IV, the Mark V, which is the classic suitcase suit, and the Mark VII, which is the suit from Marvel's The Avengers. Then, in the armory pack, we've got uh, Iron Man's classic armor, his stealth armor, his extremis armor, his silver centurion armor, a personal favorite of mine, and one other armor that is, uh, oh, I know, the Marvel Now armor that he is currently wearing in the ongoing series by Kieran Gillen, Greg Land, and Dale Eaglesham. So you can check that out right now. And with that, I will bid you adieu. So I hope you all have a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend, and I will speak to you again in seven more days. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, Time for your questions and comments. While you're listening, you can always tweet them to us using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You can also send them to at AgentM, at BenJMorse, at BlakeGarris, and at Stromy. We'll get to them on a future episode. First up, at Jayhawker underscore 37, he says, Who or what is dupe in A plus X number five? 
Dupe is who was introduced in, it was originally X-Force, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred's X-Force, which then became Ecstatics. Uh, you can read it in any number of forms. It's been collected a lot of times. Marvel it's Unlimited. App. It's Boom. on Marvel Unlimited. I was getting there. Um, Dupe is this awesome green blob of a creature who we don't, to this day, he's been around over a decade now, I think. We still don't know a lot about him. Other than he's just awesome. He has a little X on his belly. He's friends with Wolverine. He's friends with Iron Fist. He's friends with everybody. Uh, the the awesome part is, there's two awesome things. One, his language. Yep. There is a decoder. You could probably find it online if you yep. want to decode all his language uh, and you know learn what he's saying. Also, there was an amazing issue of Wolverine and the X-Men yep. recently, yep. which gave, it was basically a day in the life of Dupe. Uh, and it was really cool. You know what? The, Dupe's one of those rare characters who I don't think there's ever been a bad story featuring Dupe. I know. Because he went straight from uh, Milligan's X-Force Ecstatics. He was in Milligan's X-Men for a little while. Yep. He had his own miniseries that Darwin Cook worked on. Yeah. He's in Wolverine and the X-Men. He's just an awesome character who... He's, he's just fun. He's kind of a little X-Men mascot. But if you go to stuff like that Wolverine and the X-Men issue that Ryan's talking about, you see how much he does. But... Uh, we don't know much about him other than that. He just kind of shows up and does his thing. Talks in his weird languages. Eats people. It's just what he... You know? He's, he's just... He's just dupe. You know what? Speaking of that uh, Wolverine dupe limited series... Yes. Pulling it up on Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. Because I'm going to read it soon. I love that limited series. I haven't read it in forever. That is a good one. Uh, another question from Jay Hawker. Why wasn't Age of Ultron a story that was built up as opposed to it's already happened? Referring to the fact that when you read Age of Ultron issue number one... Ultron's already taken over the world, and I'm going to direct you to our first This Week in Marvel Age of Ultron podcast, because that is an issue we address at length. Tom explains exactly why that was the case. Also, you can check out Avengers 12.1 from mm-hmm. so last year yeah, or the there was year some before. Build-up. There was definitely some buildup. But as, as to why the story starts with the event having already happened, Tom gets into that uh, very much. Cool. And it was a deliberate choice. And Alan Wilson's Twim of the Week was Age of Ultron. Can't wait for the rest of it. At Jedi Masketeer tweets, The new Marvel Unlimited iPhone app rocks. When will an Android version become available? Love being a Marvel Unlimited subscriber. Al, Al John, uh, the Android version, I can't give you an exact date. I, I would love to. Uh, but it's very soon. Yeah. Like, very soon. Just, I can't. When, when it's ready, we will right. let you know. We definitely have unofficial dates around here. Yeah. We can't really comment on because what would be the point, but that lets you know that it's it's in a window. As as a an Android phone user for the last like five years, believe me, I am on top of making sure that that comes out soon. Yeah. At a Becker says Andrew agree with six one six as barrier to new readers. Ten twin points to Andrew, but. Some way to tell the main universe from alternates is good. Five trim demerits to Andrew. Uh, this, of course, continues the great debate on whether or not to call the Marvel Universe the 616 universe. Agree, it's good to have a way to tell the main universe from alternates. Uh, I just call it the Marvel Universe. It's, it is the Marvel Universe. If you're dealing with another universe, you know, you, you come up with the answer to that, whether it's Age of Apocalypse, Ultimate oh, Universe, yeah. Squadron Supreme Universe. It's, it's, it's not hard. You don't need to number everything. Yeah. And there are... Listen... We don't speak for the company here, or even all the editors here. There are editors here who disagree with us. This is just our personal opinion about how this is handled. I don't even think Blake agrees, because he has no idea what's going on most of the time. True. So, you know, <laughs> that, that's just what we did. But yeah. we'll, we'll have more 616 as the podcast goes on, mm. unfortunately. 
Uh, another one from Abecker says, longtime Marvel Unlimited user, love the new app and commitment filling gaps. Any idea on when early X Factor and other 80s X books? Um, I know that X-Men books are a big priority. Um, we are focusing on Iron Man right now, obviously, because the, with the film coming out, we want as many people to get as many Iron Man books as they want. Uh, but there are other titles that we know fans are clamoring for that they're really hardcore into and others that we want to make sure are out. So Avengers, Thor, X-Men, Deadpool is one that fans want. They We've been asked about that a ton so that's one of the ones we're definitely on uh, I don't have any timing on X Factor or other X books but definitely know that the gap filling project is something that is of utmost importance to us for Marvel Unlimited at Andy SXE, loving the new Scarlet Spider books I want to read more on Ben and Kane I have read a Clone Saga book and a Ben Riley. I like I read a Clone Saga book <laughs> and a Ben Riley. well the entire Clone Saga and the entire Ben Riley story, I believe, is all out in trades now. Those were a ton of trades. There's like 10 of them. Yeah. But uh, they're definitely collected in print. Not sure on their digital status, but you can find, look up the uh, complete Clone Saga and the complete Ben Riley Saga. You can literally read the entire five year epic from start to finish as we did in the 90s. And there's, uh, you know the recent stuff with that Dan Slott wrote, mm-hmm. Spider Island, and the stuff where Kane first came back right before that. That stuff is is definitely crucial reading. Yep, not hard to get caught up on Kane and Ben Riley right now. No, wow, we've made that very easy the last couple of years. All right, we got a bunch from at Red Mage zero seven. Billy says, "Really love the Pagulian variant covers on Iron Man, the design ones. Will there be more? Not sure." Um, he did a lot of designs. I'm not sure how many there were, so I don't know when those run out. So we will see. Fair enough. Another one from Billy says, Love the new Iron Man 3 trailer. Only issue is with the look of uh, a Hulkbuster-looking armor at the end. Why yeah. the change it? Actually, it's not the Hulkbuster armor. So that's um, why they changed it. Stromy. It's new. Strami can get into that. and I believe there will be material, there's some licensed product or some consumer, um, a book coming out that says all the armors in the film. I could be wrong, but I remember hearing that in the millions of things that I hear every day. Uh, so we'll get to that in due time. We've still got two months left. How long before an Android version of Marvel Unlimited becomes available? Billy, we'll let you know. Another one says, what's the chance of Squirrel Girl getting a new book? She's a fun character and has defeated so many awesome bad guys. Uh, realistically, not great, but never know. I don't know. I don't think... I don't Less s- than 1%? I don't see a Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl solo book happening anytime soon, but obviously there's a lot of writers and fans and all of us who have affection for the character, so, you know... Whether Brian Bendis or Dan Slott uses her again, certainly see that happening. You know, we should get a fun one-shot or something like that. She's in the video game guys love her. She seems to show up and all that stuff. So, you know. She's great. I just don't see an ongoing of her own. Yeah, being realistic with you. Probably probably not a new ongoing series. Uh, And then Billy sends a movie idea, but I'm not even going to go into it. We can't. uh, We can't take your ideas or submissions. Legally, just nothing to do with them. So, sorry about that. Cameron Williams at Wasgo has sent in a picture. This is pretty great. Presenting from last week, he promised this one, Whimsical Wombat. And we have a picture of what I can only assume is a wombat that has a little domino mask photoshopped on with a word balloon saying taco and a taco in front of him. 
and then Modoc floating in the background saying, Curse you, Whimsical Wombat. It's pretty great. That pleases me. That's photo paint, Benjamin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Photo paint. <laughs> photo paint your face. Oh! That's uh, very well done. I would say that's worth a couple twin points. 20 twin points, yeah, camera. 20 was actually what I was thinking. I didn't want to go yeah. too high. At Rag Defender 2, Carlo M., what do you guys think of probably the weakest Avenger stepping up to rescue Spidey? Also, Spidey sounds non-superior now. What's the weak, which, who's the weakest Avenger? Hawkeye? Oh, is this talking about Spidey. Age of Ultron? Oh, Anyone who underestimates yeah. Hawkeye is about to get an arrow in the face. Yeah. Hawkeye is not the weakest. I mean, he doesn't have superpowers, but he might be the most resilient, and because he doesn't have superpowers, has to fight harder than everybody else. Um... And as far as the second part of your question, why does Spider-Man sound non-superior in Age of Ultron? Again, address that in the This Week in Marvel Age of Ultron podcast. The first one? Yep. Cool. I answered a few questions on that. Cool. At Dreamy Robot, Centurion Joe, issue one of Age of Ultron. It displayed so much with so little. That last panel, it said everything about this event. The last panel was a heartbreaker. Yeah. In reference to all new X-Men, Jean Grey needs to get shut down again. What she did wasn't right. Whoa. Uh, you will have probably Jean Grey fans showing up at your door. We didn't give them your address. They'll find it. Those people know. They're crazy. Uh, can you guys send me an early copy of that fabled Guardians of the Galaxy .5 from last episode? Guardians of the Galaxy .5 exists in a special place in our minds um, and if you think hard enough you already have access to it if you if you if you just close your eyes dun, dun, and imagine dun. finally from dreamy robot my choice for best comic of the week was without a doubt age of ultron number one the art lent it so much strength by the way avengers forever too good thanks for suggesting it to me it certainly lived up to the hype see our suggestions are great yeah you should take them boom avengers forever we recommend that all the time yeah if you're a marvel unlimited subscriber Read it. Avengers Forever. Avengers Forever. So good. I'm going to put that in my library. Uh, Chris Vaughn, Adam Mortal Thor says, I can't get my username password to work on the Marvel Unlimited app, even though I rechecked it recently. All right. One, Chris, use all lowercase. Currently, there's a, that's a bug in the app that we've found out. If you use all lowercase, regardless of what your username password is, then you should be able to log in. Two, first thing you should do is email online support at marvel.com and drop my name just say you know as suggested by agent m and let them know that the the um the issue is something you're having trouble with they'll get back to you and you can always tweet me and ask me to nudge them and also if you ever have a more pressing customer service sort of issue like this this goes for anyone listening to the podcast tweet me directly don't wait for the podcast to come in because we don't really look at these questions until the, we were recording the episode, so this could last. This could sit a couple days, and I don't want that to be the case. If you're having something, uh, having trouble getting in one of our apps or anything, so that's that. At Gay Comic Guy says, "Wow, the new Marvel Limited app for iPad is amazing. Love it." Hashtag Comics on the Go. Another one. Haha, always fun hearing Ben J. Morrison, Agent M, make fun of my Twitter re- abbreviations on this week in Marvel. Re hashtag Guardians. O-T- space OTG and hashtag saving space. Oh yeah, OTG of the galaxy. Yes, very uh, good. Yeah, well, well played. At HW View tweets the twin of the week has to be all new X Men number nine. Two angels and Jean Grey laying the law, but her dark side comes out. There you go, Haywood. It's a view. You may have issues with Centurion Joe. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go at it. Yeah. 
at Jekyll Geek, John Gibson. With all this stuff broken and dead in Age of Ultron, how could it happen in the Marvel Universe? Note my lack of numbers. Thank you for your <laughs> lack of numbers. Five twin points to John yep. Gibson. you got to read the story. You will understand how it can all happen in the Marvel Universe. I am not a big fan of Black Panther. Any comics that I could read to correct this horrid flaw in my personality? First of all, you're a, you're a big man to admit yeah. that this is a problem. Uh, I would recommend reading the Christopher Priest series, uh, the original Marvel Knights Black Panther. Really good stuff. That first arc of Reggie Hudlin's Black Panther with John Romita Jr. was fantastic. Some of the stuff Dwayne McDuffie did in Fantastic Four. And, you know, that's all fairly recent. The old stuff in Jungle Action and stuff like that from the 70s is also yeah, really good. Kirby stuff. Yep. My favorite Black Panther story is distilled into the three-issue Secret Invasion arc that Jason Aaron yeah. wrote a couple years ago. That is, hands down, my favorite Black Panther story ever. It's a good one. It's It totally made me a huge fan of the character. Then I went back and rewrite a lot of that stuff. So, And finally from John Gibson, what is your second favorite... What is your second favorite cable story? We should all know your first, I'm assuming he's saying Executioner's Song. Song is the first, which Ob- is obviously yeah. true. Second favorite cable cable's more your guy, so it's we'll tough. Um because there's a lot of really good cable and Deadpool stuff. I think that was some great stuff. The early stuff was cool when he was weird and, and like this guy from the future and he's, you know, paramilitary and all kinds of cool stuff. And then he was a freedom fighter and I don't. I don't know that I could pick a second favorite, but there's there's some neat stuff out there. I'll throw out uh, X Force number twenty five, Fatal Attractions crossover, where he comes back to the team and he fights Exodus and Magneto and gets completely. It's funny. Everyone remembers Fatal Attractions from when Magneto ripped all the metal out of Wolverine's <laughs> skeleton. Like a month before, he literally ripped all of Cable's robot cyborg parts apart. It was gruesome and terrible uh, and uh but he comes back yeah at avenging kirby tweets no unfortunately i'm not related to chuck woolery that i know of it's a bummer though i do love game shows it is a bummer yeah josh that's a, that's a five twin demerits for not being related <laughs> yeah for not being related to chuck woolery letdown yeah another one from josh he says i'm fairly new to the comic universe thanks for the very informative podcast you're very welcome josh wish you were related to chuck woolery Two twin points. So you're down three. You're good. You're fine. You're gonna get you're gonna get better. At Johnny Temples tweets, I just finished Divided We Fall slash United We Stand in the Ultimates and X-Men trades. It was pretty epic. Cap for president. It's a good story. Yep. Kai also says, I finally got around to reading Spider-Man and it was emotional roller coaster of awesomeness and a cliffhanger at the end. Quite a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Another one from Kyle, he says, It would be awesome to see the Ultimate Universe and the Marvel Universe meet, like Good Reed meeting Evil Reed. I would love to see Evil Reed in the Marvel Universe. I do so love Evil Reed. Fantastic story. Last one from Kyle, he says, Sorry about all the tweets about the Ultimate Universe. I just had an Ultimate Comic Mega reading session and am hooked. No need to apologize. Yeah. Unless you're not related to Chuck Woolery. Yeah. Then you can apologize. Totally. At Witkowski M, Matthew Witkowski, I would buy a Modoc Was Right t-shirt at Ben J. Morse. Okay. All right, Matt. I wish I had one to sell you. I don't. <laughs> one one theoretical sale. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Tempe at Jagato Reader. Captain Marvel is seriously broken and balanced. His healing procs wrong too often. All right. Let me interpret this. Please. I think Michael means Captain Britain. Oh, and right, this right, is right, in right, reference right. to Avengers Alliance. That makes sense. Five twin demerits for not understanding the fundamental differences between Captain Marvel and Captain Britain. What's a country? 
Yeah. A nation, if you will. I'm just throwing out demerits and yeah, twin points. Really, it's good. Bringing those back. Yeah. At Nick Burt 51, Nick Sutfin. Listening to your podcast makes me wish I could afford every book you print. Thanks for the fun listen every week. Uh, you can just get a, another job. Yeah. It, also, it's hard. also, you can sign up for Marvel Unlimited. Yep. And then when the books move over from new releases to Marvel Unlimited in a couple months, boom, you can read everything we're, we've talked about. How great that, is that? It's great. It's really great. I'm actually genuinely excited about it. It makes me happy. Me too. As a huge Cap fan, it always moves me when he's having a rough time. Example, last page of Age of Ultron number one. So sad. So sad. Brian Hitch did a great job drawing that panel. Also, Ben just wants you to cry. Yeah, always. So, the mic... Finally, from Nick. So, the mock conversation with Iceman and Kitty at the end of all-new X-Men number eight was hilarious with their arms uncovered. That was them making fun of Captain America. was great. Amazing. Hilarious. I really, really loved it. At Ref Gamlin tweets, question, within the Marvel AR app, content can be rated with stars. Are the ratings reviewed by Marvel for reader feedback? Um, that's a great question. Yeah. And really I'll ask Judy. I'm getting more involved with Marvel AR. So I'll ask Judy Stevens, who is our AR producer. You can also tweet that. the question directly to her. Yeah, at OMG underscore DJ underscore Judy, because she didn't want it to be easy to find her. <laughs> right. Make it as hard as possible. Judy with a Y. Uh, Ryan Sawyer it's pro what happened to the adamantium pieces on the back of Wolverine's hands were they on his hands or on his gloves this always bugged me as a kid because he had those little like covers on his knuckles on his gloves and you just assume they're part of his gloves and then sometimes he would take his gloves off and they'd still be there on his hand and other times they wouldn't be I don't think they are I think that was just some artist screwing up is how I've chosen to interpret it I think those were just part of his gloves. Huh. And Yeah, was, I always just imagined they were part of his gloves. There were definitely stories in the 90s where they, he would have like just his hands and the little knuckle things on, but I'd got to assume that was an artist screwing up. Guys, look, the 90s were crazy for yeah, everybody. A lot of us had crazy times. Blake's like thinking back right now, like looking at the sky. That, that, no, that was a thing. What, was what you guys are talking about? Yes. Yeah, man. Dang. <laughs> but, hence why it was brought up on the just, podcast. It's Watergate. <laughs> uh, it's like Watergate. Let's make that a new yeah. catchphrase. All right. At Wolf Knight 26, Ryan Putney, I thought you guys would like to know that Horizon Labs is now a group on Facebook. Thanks for bringing us together. Very cool. Uh oh. We've given them too much power. We've got to burn it down. <laughs> I think you're being paranoid. We sound like a rune right now. They're going to turn on us and burn it down. Just relax. Another one from Ryan. It's been weird not hearing Blake Harris on This Week in Marvel. I think I am missing him. You ask, we deliver. Well, jerk, I'm back. (laughs) Blake can't process pure emotions. Be careful what you wish for. You're welcome. What do you guys think of the new WWE Championship belt? It's definitely a belt. Um, I'll be more frank with my opinion. I don't, I don't love it. I, for me, I like when belts are kind of like elaborate and ornate and have, you know, stuff going on, little symbols and stuff. The fact that it's just a big W doesn't really do much for me. I would like to see, you know, I love the winged eagle belt when we were kids or even the um, larger one that Steve Austin had. You know, I, I like to see a lot of things represented, a lot of symbols and stuff like that. It certainly exists. <laughs> Playing it cool. 
Captain Cool over here. At Dr. Underscore Spidey tweets, Thought of nice project for Marvel intern Elaine. Count all obscenity bleeps in point five this week in Marvel episodes. Believe Potty Mouth Shia LaBeouf <laughs> has the most. Any projects for internal lane would be fantastic right now. Yeah. The more difficult and annoying, the better. Yes. At Simon Sebs tweets, Between the Iron Man 3 trailer and all kinds of other stuff, Marvel is making a lot of nerds happy. Thank you, Simon. Another one from Simon, he says, Where are, Ar- Where are Agatha Harkness and War Machine? Uh, so they're probably together yeah. vacationing as they do. They're, they're a strange couple, but, you know, opposites <laughs> attract. Love uh, is... Got some bad news for you, Simon. Agatha Harkness has been dead for like nearly a decade. <laughs> uh, she, she died in Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. Actually, oh, that was, was so. That was oh, creepy that and was gross. gross. She, right. She was. I mean, it was basically said by Bendis that she was dead long before that, and we just yeah. didn't know. But yeah, Agatha, Agatha Harkness. I don't see her making a comeback. We don't really have a lot of need for old witch ladies. Uh, War Machine, on the other hand, was last seen in Invincible Iron Man, where he took over the role of Iron Man for a little bit for Tony Stark. And, you know, with the movie coming out soon, you know we've got plans for James Rhodes. He'll be showing up again soon. Yep. Great question from Simon. Who picks the guests for the .5 episodes? Those are sort of random, yeah. is I think the easiest thing to way to describe it. We get, you know... Uh, we get requests from PR people, or we make our own requests of PR people of you know musicians who are in town on tour, or celebrities we want to meet, or we work with WWE on various things, or UFC or whomever it is, uh, and we just sort of work it into our schedule. Uh, so there's there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. It's just a matter of finding people who are coming through, and we have the access to when we go to C2E2 in a couple weeks couple month and change hopefully we'll get a bunch more that are at the show and that's that'll be how we pick them like just lining up with the guests that are there at solitaire rose dredges back this 616 disaster alan moore and alan davis are the ones who first references the marvel u as 616 universe it was a more inside joke yes Ryan. i said that i yeah. said it was an alan moore's captain britain <laughs> right right here i'm doing the sabu point yeah I mean, far be it for, I don't want to piss off Alan Moore because I know he gets angry. He'll just do some, he'll do some magic on yeah. you and put you in a room with no but doors. I, I I'm sure he it was if it was a joke he doesn't care. Those Captain Britain <laughs> issues are awesome. They are too. great. They're really good. Yeah, uh, Alan Davis said it was first coined by David Thorpe in reference to the true number of the beast, and then we have a Wikipedia uh, entry because everything you read on Wikipedia is definitely going to be true. The number six one six. The entire Wikipedia entry is copy and paste. Thanks so much for that. Uh, well, really appreciate cool. it. Really appreciate it. All right, we're almost done. At Asbiv tweets, I know I'm behind, but I'm really enjoying the old Spidey villains versus Superior Spider-Man. Jackal, Jackal, Goblin, Vulture, great stuff. We're coming. I also love the pithy summaries provided by Chris Yost at the start of Avenging Spider-Man in the previously. That is most likely not Chris Yost, but most recap pages are done by the assistant or associate editors. So I'm not sure who's assistant or associate on the book. I think it's Ellie Pyle. I would probably give her credit for that. Let's take a quick look-ski. Look-skiing. Uh, Editor Ellie Pyle. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 if I had to, I mean, it's possible Yost writes those, but I would, uh, 
Ellie's I, awesome. I would probably credit Ellie, and I like her anyway, so let's, yeah. give, her, let's give her the credit. Another one from Steven. He says, I'm not looking for any twim demerits, but Avenging mm-hmm. Spider-Man 17 references Timeline 616, plus it's a great read. Well, you don't have to go looking for him to get 15 twim demerits, Steven. You're lucky that Ben said it first, because I was going to give you 50. Oh, Jesus. You know what? 65. Boom. Cumulate. I think that's the lowest anyone has ever been. And one for me. <laughs> 66. Blake just gave out his one twim demerit he's allowed to give out all year. Yeah. So, so congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> At Lex Pendragon, talking to Dr. Spidey, Dirty Lash, and Ryan. I picture a Dr. Doom like shaking on a fist. Pendragon, the 616 Dr. Doom. I So much wrong with that. 25 That's, Twim Demaris yeah, for Lex Pendragon. And another 25 over here. <laughs> and none for me. <laughs> <laughs> another one from Lex Pendragon to Jonathan Hickman. Oh, Jonathan Hickman will get This Week in Marvel Demerits for using 616 in Avengers. Also, I bet the number before it is his phone number. <laughs> yes, Jonathan Hickman gets five twin demerits. Sure. Like he'd ever listen yeah. or care. Yeah. He's, he's got he's got books of plans for our, our comics. He doesn't worry about that. I would love if we get an email from Jonathan Hickman on Thursday being like, what? Twin demerits? <laughs> you monsters. Finally, from Likes Pendragon, finally finished listening to This Week in Marvel 71. I get why as editors you dislike 616 and I sympathize but I'll still use the term. What are you doing, Lex? We used to like you. Yeah. Not anymore. You've, you've you, gone off the deep you're end. You're on the enemy list. Yep. Finally, at Logan09 Tony, Tony Gutierrez, just finished reading Age of Ultron. The last page was epic. A lot of love for that last page. People really dug that last page of Age of Ultron. Wait till you read the last page of Age of Ultron, too. And speaking of Age of Ultron, once again, if you want to ask questions of Tom Brevoort and Lauren Sankovich this week on the This Week in Marvel AU podcast, just use the hashtag This Week in Marvel AU with your questions. We'll get them to them later this week. Should be recording Friday, so try to get them before then. Awesome. All right. Thank you to Ben, Blake, Stromy, No Interns, uh, and more importantly, thank you to everyone for listening and sending in all your comments and tweets and questions and very, very silly antics. It's a lot of fun. Um, all right. This is Marvel, your universe. Marvel.